Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, Whoa. fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Friday, March 4th. We've got the NFL Combine going on. Uh, excited to be back. Uh, we are, as always, proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at Pigskin Podnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN as we tag all of our live shows, as does everybody else that is a part of this incredible network. NFL Combine, we're going to talk some NFL news. We've got some extensions, some possible cuts as the new NFL league year is almost upon us, as is free agency. And, of course, the Combine. I know wagons were going on. I don't think 40-yard dashes and drills have started just yet for running backs. We will be discussing all of that today. Dennis, Matt, is good to be back with you guys. How is your Friday going? Well, welcome back, my friend. It's good to see you. I'm glad things are looking up your own knee aside <laughs> always yes always it's always it's always looking up in the beautiful city of where i don't, know, I don't want to announce where i'm at anymore i've had i've got some hate mail recently the beautiful <laughs> fantasy football city put right? it that way yeah uh, no things are going good man i'm excited for the combine it's you know it isn't the be all end all of things but it is another data point it is gets you some definite Dennis is so happy you're back. He got choked up. I mean, I was too. It took me a minute. I was, I was you know. I was going to tell you, I, I don't know if you watched all the shows when you were in here, but, um, you know, sometimes you struggle with, oh, I almost forgot to put us into the show. I felt every pit, bit of that on uh, Monday. Sorry about that. My, my internet seems to be very glitchy today. It was warm, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, I'm just happy to be getting some data points. It was yeah. you know, wasn't it weird? But it was uh, so interesting measurements I saw. Like, didn't Drake London only? He was only like six three and a half. Yeah, almost five. practically six four, I believe, which I think is is better for him. Um, I'm a, a Jordan Backus who does a lot of um analytics stuff for Ray Garvin over at Prospect Talk was talking about the hit rate for wide receivers between like it's like between six foot and six four is a whole lot better than anybody above six four so like the fact that he came in like that helps him out but yeah he came in lower than six five and we've got 
all kinds of stuff. We got a bunch of measurements in for running backs. You know, the big one, obviously, the one everybody was talking about in Kyron Williams, as we were all hoping he would come in over 200 pounds. That did not happen. Uh, so we can discuss all that here in a minute. But there are some very interesting NFL news nuggets that have come out here um, the past couple of days. The biggest one being Amari Cooper, which dropped early. I think it was actually late last night, and then a lot of talk this morning, especially down here in Texas, that he is likely going to be cut. They owe him $20 million later this month. If they cut him, they can get out from some of that. Um, a lot of talks that they want to bring back Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz. Matt, you are the resident Cowboy fan on the podcast. What are your thoughts on what that does? I mean, Amari Cooper... I think it's fair to say he's been up and down, not just for the Cowboys, but for us in fantasy. Seems that he's been a good fit since coming over from the Raiders. As much crap as I've liked to give him, he's always produced. This could be a big hit, not just for his fantasy value, but for the Cowboys losing such a good wide receiving option like Cooper. Yeah, I I get it, though. The, Dak had such great chemistry with Dalton Schultz, uh, wanting to be able to bring him back. I think they had really kind of found the the tight end for a long time. We thought it might be Blake Jarwin, but it seems like they had great things with Schultz. They have a great receiver in C.D. Lamb. The question was, you know, Michael Gallup. Uh, it seems like, and that's our new story below, which I think these two kind of fold together, that they're very close to re-signing Gallup. Um, which it makes more sense that there's talk about releasing Amari Cooper if they're bringing Gallup back and the, and planning to get Schultz than if it's just, oh, we're releasing Amari Cooper because wide receivers don't matter and we're going to enjoy some 2015 version of the Dallas Cowboys uh, or 2017. I don't remember, right before they traded Cooper for Cooper. I think Cooper will find a, a landing spot. There's already been talk about uh, him potentially going to the Patriots. Um, which they definitely could use a possession receiver. What I found a little bit interesting is it felt like um, when we've had to had our discussions and stuff that Cooper does something kind of unique from what Gallup and Lamb were doing. And it's interesting that they seem to have settled on those two, but maybe it's a price point. Maybe it's trying to give some financial flexibility. Yeah, it's, it's completely about the contract and, what they can get out of they can't get out of zeke's contract they can get out of amari's contract it is what it is you have to make tough decisions amari i i, I don't know who's gonna trade for him because you're gonna if you trade for him you're gonna owe him 20 million a year for the next three years but if you sign him as a free agent you can negotiate your own deal and there are some teams you the uh Jaguars, for instance, have a whole bunch of money. The Dolphins have a whole bunch of money. So they could theoretically outbid everybody else um, if he makes it to free agency. I, I don't know if you're Dallas, what's the lowest pick you would take to move him? I don't think anybody trades for him at this point i really don't like i know what you're saying it would make i feel like we talk about this every year with those top free agents right like do you make that trade for them now knowing that you're gonna have them on your team 20 million realistically for a top wide receiver isn't crippling but if you don't make that trade and you don't give up those picks there's a chance you can get them on the market i don't know that anybody's gonna pay above 20 million for him though i'd be very curious to see what i, I mean 
it would be an interesting fit with the Dolphins for sure. I think the biggest thing that I'd be worried about if I'm the Dolphins is Waddle. he's well, not I think Waddle would be better than him anyways. It's more of he struggled with injuries the past couple of years, a la Devontae Parker has. They'd just be adding to that situation. And if you you bring him on, if you trade for him, you're giving up a pick. I don't know if you'd have to give up a first at this point. Probably I, I would not give up a first. Four, maybe. Yeah, so I mean he's twenty seven and he's got an albatross contract. I mean, I think you to me can, it seems like he should go to if if I'm Jacksonville, I go get him. I say I'll give you a, a third or a fourth round pick. I'm gonna eat that contract. They got the money, gives Trevor Lawrence a bona fide number one receiver the next two years. And then after going forward, it's a twenty million dollar a year cap hit. But the dead money isn't significant. It's six, four, and two the next three years. So Dallas gets the worst of it all around. Yeah, I think um, with uh, I guess Jacksonville wouldn't be bad. I just I don't know. I think if I'm a GM, I'm probably not making that trade. And just if you could get him for a fourth, I'd probably do it. I feel like that might be worth it at that point. Anything above that, I think I'd just rather take a shot on him in free agency and see what happens. But, I mean, that's just I mean, me. I mean, uh, sometimes, they, you know, you like the guarantee of knowing you're not having to compete. I mean, in a third-round a third sure. round pick for Amari Cooper, who's still – he's a top 24 wide receiver. Uh, you know, maybe higher. <laughs> for some of us, uh, he never yeah. was. So yeah, he's, he never was never, you know, he's, he's in, he never will. He, there's some consistency issues, but I, I mean, they're not Jacksonville is not going to draft a wide receiver at number one. You take an O lineman, you take another need at round two and at round three, are you going to get a wide receiver, the caliber of Amari Cooper with your third round pick? Who's going to immediately be the best wide receiver on your team by a wide margin? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just I don't know. I guess maybe I'm looking at it from a fantasy side of things, which obviously Jacksonville doesn't like. If you're a contending team in fantasy, you're probably not trading for him, in my opinion. And and a team like the Jaguars, obviously in real life in the NFL, is probably not contending for much. So to me, it almost makes no sense to do that. But if they have the money, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't hurt to get them another weapon. I know that they've talked about trying to bring Chark back on like a one-year prove-it deal. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Cooper because, like I said, I've not. He's been better than what I thought every single year. Every year, I'm like, I think this is the year he falls off, and he ends up proving it, even dealing with the injury. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens with Amari Cooper. Dallas is close, according to uh, Adam Schefter, in re-signing Michael Gallup. I mean, Dennis, it's an, that's an interesting thing for us. I feel like the past couple of years we've been saying, can't wait for Michael Gallup to get out of Dallas because he's got the skills, and wherever he goes, he's probably going to be a good wide receiver too. With Cooper moving on, Lamb likely being now the new one, if they re-sign Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup, is that a good thing for Gallup and his dynasty value? I think it's a great thing for Gallup, continuing to play with Dak Prescott. You're somewhere where you're comfortable. You have an established role. You have chemistry with the quarterback. Uh, Dallas needs to invest in a couple more offensive linemen to keep Dak healthy. But Lamb is going to move into that number one role, 
that's what he's been viewed as since he came into the league out of Oklahoma. Uh, they like Cedric Wilson. They like Noah Brown. Those at the wide receiver three and wide receiver four roles, those two guys give them reasonably priced production. They'll probably bring in somebody else, whether through the draft or a veteran wide receiver. But if I'm Michael Gallup and and I could go and ascend to my, for lack of a better term, rightly wide receiver two role on a team, why not stay where I I, I know what's going on? I know the offense and, and I don't have to learn something new. Maybe, maybe he says it is a – Oh, bad karma because I got injured a couple times there. Um, but no, I like I like Gallup, and that allows him the money to bring back Wilson uh, in free agency along with Schultz. Jarwin, it sounds like he may be heading towards career-ending hip injury. Yeah, he hasn't been a super big contributor the last two years either if you're talking about Jarwin. So that would kind of um, – makes some sense, especially since he's got a pretty decent sized contract that they could, uh, they could get rid of. I was going to say the same thing as you put in there, that Wilson's a, a, an unrestricted free agent. Dallas probably, I mean, they're so Amari Cooper, I was just looking at the numbers. It's 20 million plus it's, it's a $22 million actual cap hit. If he plays for them this season, because twenty million dollars salary, six million dollars signing bonus, it's only six million in dead cap for a team like the Cowboys that has cap issues. It makes sense that they would move on from that and get. I would imagine almost with the savings from that, they could probably get both Gallup and Schultz, which benefits them more overall as a team, and then then go get some complementary pieces for Gallup. I don't think it's a bad move. I'm going to say right now for his stock, it's it's neutral. I don't think it hurts him, but I'm not entirely sure it helps him either because we were seeing last year that Schultz was taking on a bigger role and Lamb and Cooper, you know, is it a guarantee that Gallup's targets go substantially up with Cooper out there? I don't know necessarily if it is. I think the Cowboys still also have some work to do in the backfield so that this might just be the first set of dominoes and a little bit of an offensive makeover for Dallas because they're rumored to be losing some of their interior linemen too. Uh, Sorry, Thundersmith. I was not looking at the comments. I I see what – I see that you're – I'm looking at all the stuff now, so I apologize about that. Uh, But, yeah, I I would say that we agree – or I – Paying top wide receivers in free agency, I don't know if it's a recipe for a disaster, but I believe there is a stat that proves that none of those guys, none of the top wide receivers have made it to the Super Bowl, I think, since Julio Jones and then Atlanta did not win that Super Bowl. So, obviously, it's probably not the best way to build a team around. And then Joe mentioned, which, but welcome, Joe. You you do a lot of commenting on our YouTube videos. I do appreciate that. I always love interacting with you. Um said that it would aid Trevor Lawrence, which is true. It, talking about Cooper going to Jacksonville to get him not a playoff run. You know, I just, I always find that weird it, with teams that are rebuilding to spend money on, on, on players like that, but it, it happens. It happens quite often. So I, like I said, I, I wouldn't be mad if, if they did go to Jackson or if he did go to Jacksonville, I don't think it'd be great for his 
fantasy value, though, unless Trevor Lawrence takes a big step forward because he was not great last year. Matt, Cliff Kingsbury gets a huge extension. Um, obviously, him and I believe him and Kyler Murray same have the same agent. So maybe that's a precipice to Kyler Murray possibly getting a new agent. I know when I was out, uh, there was the big You mean long- a new contract? Yeah, yeah, new contract, not a new agent. Though the new agent thing could happen too. Uh, had like a big diatribe on everything about Kyler Murray, how much he deserved to get paid, and all that stuff. Uh, your thoughts on on fall off a of cliff, Kingsbury coming back to the Cardinals? Yeah, that's the that's a perfect segue because you know maybe it helps Kyler Murray. It is some some reports out there had been that he wanted uh, to stay with Kingsbury, wanted them to be a package and get contract extensions together. Some reports seem to indicate that maybe he wasn't vibing with Kingsbury and what was happening. They committed to Kingsbury in time. I honestly probably would have let Kingsbury play out his contract because since he was in a college head coach going all the way back to 2014, his teams have ended on horrendous losing streaks every single year that is you know that is becoming quite a pattern and we've seen that certainly in the nfl where the cardinals have played pretty well for the last two years started red hot and pulled a fade including getting lambasted in the playoffs this year i mean i on the positive he made the playoffs but wasn't much of a showing so i was a little bit surprised that is a fairly lengthy extension you know if if you got your guy you got your guy um, and apparently the Cardinals think they got their guy. I will Steve Steve Kime must be a wizard because I feel like he should have been gone long before the uh, uh, Kingsbury hire. But I do feel like it is a harbinger to an extension for Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler has used the only thing, the only leverage he has had to be able to try to force an extension. And I think that the Cardinals said, look, we're not going to extend you until we take care of our coach and make a determination there. They've extended the coach. Now there's the combine. Now they're talking about, all right, what's our plan for the draft? They're going to work work to get Murray extended, and then he'll add all of his Cardinal stuff back to his uh, Instagram profile and all that other shit. But uh, I, I do feel like it's just, it, it, you know, it – it's him, like like we've said for weeks now, it's Kyler Murray using the only lever he has, which is to act like a petulant child. Uh, so Kyle asked, do any of us think uh, he wants a new contract because of how often he's been hurt and he's worried because of his size? I mean, absolutely. And I would say it's not even just because of his size and him being hurt. I, I mean, Style of play. Exactly. With the way he's been hit. I mean, that definitely plays into it. His size, he's gotten hurt every single year, but football is such an, just an inherent, inherently violent game that I think anybody probably wants to get their contract as quick as possible. Because even though in the NFL is like the one sport, it's not fully guaranteed compared to everybody else. You know, if he's able to get that payday and something serious does happen to him where he has to miss a season because he hasn't had a, a serious injury that's held him out for multiple weeks like that where he's missed half a season or a season, I, I do think he wants to get played because he feels, obviously, in the statement he put out or his agent put out, that he he's playing above the money he's making right now. But it is fascinating, given the era of passing that we're in, 
in none of his three years has he cracked 4,000 yards or 30 touchdowns, which you might point out that Lamar Jackson hasn't cracked 4,000 yards, but he was over 30 touchdowns once, and he's put up much bigger rushing numbers than what we've seen. Yeah, I wonder, has he put up over 4,000 combined? Because, like, Murray went backwards on rushing this way this year. uh, Jackson has definitely put up over 4,000 combined. It is possible that in his second year – Murray hasn't been far off of 4,000 passing, um, but I was kind of surprised. I was looking at some Dynasty QB stuff today. When you pull up Kyler Murray's stats, no 4,000-yard season, but also no – touchdowns in the 30s which you know those are a couple of of markers all right dennis cole beasley has been granted permission to seek a trade what does this mean for his dynasty value and is this rocket ship emoji up finally for gabriel davis we 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 kept hoping is this the playoff you know the playoff breakout is is that what that means for him I, I think so. I, I, you know, they like Isaiah McKenzie, and McKenzie can do um, Cole Beasley things plus. Gabriel Davis, we've seen him perform better than the Emmanuel Sanders role. I think Sanders is gone as a free agent. Beasley is there, but he sees the writing on the wall, and the team, the team basically was – uh, not as clear to him as the Cowboys were to Amari Cooper. But what they've said basically is, hey, why don't you find a trade uh, because we're going to cut you. I, I think they they feel like they have more talent. Or if they keep him, I think it's going to be he's going to be their wide receiver four because he's getting passed up by McKenzie and by Gabe Davis. I think Beasley has something to offer, but I don't think he's – a consistent fantasy producer. Uh, I feel like he's entering that part of his career where he's going to bounce from bottom feeder to bottom feeder to stay higher up on the depth chart until maybe he gets a real opportunity to win a Super Bowl somewhere. And, and then he just, you know, takes a ring. I, I feel like that's where Beasley's career is going. Either that or maybe he's got a Grammy-winning rap album coming out. So Joe uh, pointed out that McKenzie is a free agent, which is true, but I I think he would be a little easier to bring back at a cost. Beasley, let's be honest, uh, you know, nobody probably was happier uh, that the COVID protocols were gotten rid of in the NFL than Cole Beasley. He was kind of an off-field distraction. There was a lot of questions Coming in, and then he didn't have a spectacular play on the season. Uh, you know, I think they do like McKenzie. That could be somebody to bring back. I think Gabe Davis is coming coming on. That's good. But I also think it was the, somewhat the emergence of Dawson Knox um, at tight end and a guy that seemed to have great chemistry with Josh Allen uh, that they can roll with. The other thing is, you know, this is a bottom line business. Cole Beasley, it's $1.5 million if they end up releasing him. $7.6 million against the cap if he plays this year. I don't know if what he brings at this stage of his career and, and what they're doing on offense is worth that, especially if you could end up going and snapping like an Isaiah McKenzie that would go in at, you know, one and a half to $2 million. Yeah, I think it's just a. Um everything combined together. I mean, we know that clearly all the COVID stuff and everything Beasley talked about last year, which again, we're not going to dive into the politics part of it. 
It's his choice to do whatever he wants, but clearly that was an issue for a lot of the Buffalo Bills players. Uh, didn't really produce the way he had the past couple of years, and I do think kind of Gabriel Davis and Dawson Knox, both of those guys coming on the way that they did throughout the end of that season is probably at a point where money-wise it just makes more sense to kind of move on and build around the young core. All right, let's talk a little bit about the combine. Yesterday we got wide receivers and quarterbacks, and it was a fun day. If you're watching the 40s, at least, all the the applauding. Obviously, there's some issues with the laser there on the second group uh, that caused a little bit of, like, Twitter fire yesterday, but then things got corrected. Matt, uh, what was uh, what stuck out to you so far at the combine? You're you muted. are muted. I was muted. Uh, I can't remember the the name of the uh, wide receiver who went from they thought he set an overall record to running a four. Taekwon Taekwon Tolbert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 4.21 to 4.38 is not just a two eight. little bit of a pro. Two eight, six sec- it dropped six. It only dropped six seconds. Oh, this I wasn't as bad. The, when I was looking it, at the official times, it looked like they... Who was it? It was... So Chris Olave's was a big Thornton dropper. Was still Chris, the fastest, yeah. 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 Chris, uh, so Tyquan Thornton dropped from 4.21 to 4.28. Chris Olave went from a 4.26 to 4.39. And I think Alec Pierce was another big one. He was at like four three one and dropped to four four one. So those were kind of the biggest guys who dropped. Like Bo Milton, Melton's didn't change at all, which was I, I thought he'd be good. I did not expect him to come in that fast. Uh, but the top three were Tyquan Thornton at four two eight, Velis Jones at four three one, and then Calvin Austin at four three two. So there's always interesting things at the combine um, measurements. You know, obviously we saw today a lot of people were kind of bummed about the the weight and everything for Kyron Williams. I know a running back you like Kenny Pickett having the smallest hands like in history. And then I guess I glossed over, didn't realize how many fumbles he had in college. That sort of gave me a little moment of pause. I know he did pretty well in the passing drills and stuff. But that definitely is something you're going to think about. One of the coolest things out of the Combine that I saw uh, on Twitter actually had nothing to do with the Combine. I don't know if you guys saw the post of Malik Willis helping a gentleman pack up his things outside, just taking a moment, helping kind of showed a little bit of of character. Those are some of the nice moments. Among uh, prospects last week, uh, yesterday, it seemed like Sky Moore. Had a pretty good day. He's an interesting prospect that I've seen a few guys pumping up. I'll be curious to see uh, where he starts coming up in mock drafts now. Yeah, you know, the picket thing with the hands to me, I guess, wasn't so much of an issue. Um, My expectation is is when he comes to the NFL, he's going to fumble the ball uh, because historically he's fumbled the ball. Maybe that's because he's got small hands. Maybe it's not. My, I'm more, con, you know, but he, he played in Pittsburgh. It's not like Pittsburgh is, you know, South Beach. It gets cold and snowy in the winter. He's Well, last year he got lucky and had pretty good weather all season. He's played in some poor weather up in Pittsburgh and, and won some games there. I'm more concerned that it took him five years to break out. Now, by analytics measures, he's probably broken out. But having seasons of 13 uh, touchdown-interception ratios, 
of 12, 6, 13, 9, 13, 9, and sub 62% completion rates those years. Um, and then, then he gets Jordan Addison, and now he's this monster breakout star throwing for, what, 42 touchdowns. I, I'm probably more concerned with that than I am with his eight-and-a-half-inch hands. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest, I, my hands, eight and three-quarters. Yeah, I mean – Hey, I, that means you're good to go. Yeah. Oh, no, I'll I've, fumble as soon as I get hit. It'll be ugly. I've been out on Pickett. Um you know, you brought up the Jordan Addison Addison thing, and I've mentioned that before, the whole, the chicken and the egg theory, right? Like, Kenny Pickett didn't have his first good year in college until Jordan Addison showed up. So was it really Kenny Pickett or was it Jordan Addison? Because he had those two great seasons, and so did Jordan Addison. You know, I, and I don't I want to take the Jamar Chase narrative. I was talking a little bit about this with, with Ray Garvin yesterday, but I do think it needs to be pointed out that he struggled with those fumbling issues. Maybe it's just he struggles with fumbles. Maybe it's the hands college football is a little bit smaller than the NFL ball is. I just, I'm not in, I'm, I'm out on him. And it wasn't even just the hands, as you mentioned, the fifth year breakout, you know, we have not really, I mean, who's the last quarterback that, that was good. It was it Peyton Manning. I think wore two gloves, like Teddy two gloves has not worked out. A lot of those quarterbacks don't, I just, I don't think Kenny Pickett, first episode back. You're trying to hurt me. I know. I'm sorry. It's just, it's one of those things where I, I've been out on, on, on Kenny Pickett, uh, the wide receivers, you know, Calvin Austin. Um, I really hoped he was going to be the fastest. I think that was going to help him out a little bit more. The way he creates separation and everything is ridiculous. We saw it down at the senior bowl. Obviously the fact that he came in, I just want to read these stats and it sucks because of how, how small he is, but Four three two thirty yard dash. He had a thirty nine inch vertical jump, which I believe is one of the best out of all the wide receivers, and then a one thirty five broad jump for a guy who is five eight one seventy. I mean, he is an explosive athlete. Nine and a quarter hands as well, so he's got big hands for his size. Very curious to see what happens with him when it comes to the NFL draft, because I do think he can carve out some kind of role. Traylon Burks running as slow as he did. I know there's a lot of people saying it doesn't matter. He has football speed. It does matter a little bit to me, not necessarily just the 40-yard dash, that the fact that he didn't look good in any of that stuff because we expected him to be this big, explosive athlete, and then he just showed us, and maybe it was just a bad day. Maybe he's not quite as explosive as we thought he was. I did think it was very interesting that all throughout college, if you pay attention to college football, we've all been talking about how massive Traylon Burke's hands are and the fact that he has to have these like 5XL gloves. Garrett Wilson has the same size hands, and I think that just speaks to how good he is. I mean, Dennis, you, I'm sure, just like me, have watched every single one of Ohio State's games. It's probably not surprising to us. Like When you watch him, he catches everything thrown to him. He's got that massive catch radius as well, but it was very cool to see that come out for him. Him... Chris Olave ran good. Garrett Wilson came in. What was it? I, I just had it pulled up here. 4.38. Or 3.8, which was faster than I expected. I expected him to be more like the 4.5 range. The fact that he ran faster than Chris Olave is surprising to me for Garrett Wilson. I think that just helps him possibly solidify himself as the wide receiver one. Ben my wide receiver one for a while. A lot of people thought that was biased. I think this weekend at the combine is showing it's probably just because he's a really damn good player. And last but not least, Desmond Ritter. I was obviously hoping he stayed under the four or five that he ran 
ends up with the corrected time at a four five two. Believe that's the fastest quarterback up with Marcus Mariota. Very intrigued. Like I said, he's got the skills, he's got the talent, he's highly um erratic at times and just not consistent. But if he goes to an offense that builds around him, I, I'm not comparing him to Josh Allen because Josh Allen, in my opinion, is a unicorn like Lamar Jackson. But can an offense build around him enough that he becomes a tad bit more consistent? Uh, I thought those were all guys who were very interesting this weekend. Did you see Patrick Mahomes' tweet? No, I did not. So uh, the NFL Network uh, laid um, Ritter's 40 time over a couple of other quarterbacks from the combine one was Mariota I can't remember who the other one was and then Patrick Mahomes who ran a 4-8 so toward the end there's like huge and Mahomes is like did you really need to include me in all this and then Tom Brady retweeted it with that meme of the kid like looking around like gotcha I saw them do that part live because it was like Mariota, Desmond Ritter, somebody else, and Patrick Mahomes. Like, why did y'all put – like, Patrick Mahomes yeah. didn't run anything close to Patrick you, Mahomes like also wondered why. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, Joe, I think that's a good point, and that, that's the point that I wanted to bring up. There. Like, I'm not saying Burks is not going to be a good wide receiver, and Joe mentioned, you know, his – Burke's weight speed ratio was among the best in his class, but he wasn't the unicorn some were presenting him to be. I think that's the biggest thing I'm taking away from this. Like he's still a very good wide receiver and he's raw. There's a lot that he could project into, but we all, there's a lot of people who are pumping him up as the sole solid sold wide receiver one in this class, no matter what, because of his height, speed, weight, burst, athleticism, all this stuff. He's supposed to be this freak athlete, and then this weekend showed us he's not quite that freak athlete. We thought he was, based on what we saw on the film, still think he's a very good wide receiver. When you outrun an entire Alabama defense 70 yards on a screen pass, you're showing yourself to be a very good athlete, but I don't think he's quite as explosive as maybe we all thought he was going to be. Yeah, I, I think Burks needs to maybe uh, build. He's got good speed, really good speed as evidenced in the Alabama game, but it isn't necessarily quick speed. It takes him a few steps to get there as opposed to being uh, someone like Wilson or Olave that can get out of the blocks real quick. The explosion numbers I think are a little bit concerning, but I still think he's a good wide receiver. He probably is going to have more of a uh, pedestrian rookie season, I think, um, unless he goes somewhere that basically doesn't have anybody else. And they're like, you're going to have to do it, son. You're all we got. Um, I I love that Wilson and Olave ran so fast. I mean, let me ask you this, Matt. You've been a – for years you were a a Rondale Moore guy. Like, what's the difference between Calvin Austin and Rondale Moore? Like, why why should – after watching a season of Rondale Moore, why should I be excited about Calvin Austin? Well – for one, I think Rondell Moore is Rondell Moore is definitely a better athlete than what what Calvin Austin is. I would say I think Calvin Austin's a better wide receiver. Like the one thing I've said with with Calvin Austin when he came to Memphis, and I'm, I want to say they talked about it a little bit on the broadcast. I know I heard it on SiriusXM the other day. Like when he went to Memphis, he was a track star. He had to walk on to the college football team and ended up getting a scholarship. He went from being a track star trying to play football to a football player with track speed. If you watch what he did at the Senior Bowl, his ability to create separation, not just off the line, but at any point, all, at all three phases in the route is very good. Obviously, his size is concerning. 
I can't blame Rondale Moore's issues so much on Rondale Moore's. I blame them on Cliff Kingsbury not using him at all. And that's my worry with Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin is not a player that I think can be a Garrett Wilson, a Traylon Burks, a Drake London, who no matter where they go because of their side speed and skills will be able to create for themselves regardless of, of the coaching staff they're with. Calvin Austin is a guy they're going to have to use him the right way. The other thing I'll say with Calvin Austin, the biggest difference for me and him with Rondé Moore, and we saw it this year in the NFL, no injuries with Calvin Austin. Never suffered any injuries, no injury history, even as small as he is taking hits. I mean, I understand he was playing against, you know, the American Athletic Conference and not the Big Ten, but we've seen year after year, Rondé Moore had injuries, kind of held him back at times. He didn't play full seasons. We didn't have that with Calvin Austin, so... Doesn't mean he can't get hurt. He could go out his first day in the NFL and get injured. I'm obviously not. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. And last but not least, on Calvin Austin, last part I just realized too, as I was talking about this again with Ray Garvin, everybody was taking Rondell Moore at the end of the first round, early second round in the rookie drafts last year, right? Because he had the that you know he was that athletic freak and everybody loved him. Calvin Austin and all the mock drafts that I've seen going is not going till the end of the third, early fourth. I am 100 willing to take a bet on him there. I'm not taking him in the second round. If he's going there when rookie drafts really start kicking off after he gets drafted, I won't take him because I've seen too often, even though all these guys like him, you know, Tutu Atwell, who obviously didn't produce anything last year, Rondale Moore, T.Y. Hilton's not that big. Cole Beasley's not that big. There's a bunch of wide receivers we've seen drafted in the past seven, eight years that are all around the same size. Some have produced, some haven't. If he's going in the third and fourth round, I will 100% take a chance on him because if he lands in an offense that uses him the right way, he will be very good. So that's just my thing. You know, take it. If you don't want to, I don't blame you. 5'8", I think I just had it up, and then I closed out of it. I think he's 5'8", 170. 5'7", and three quarters, 170 pounds. I mean, so and put him at three quarters of an inch taller than uh, Rondale Moore. Right. And, and what – the other reason I'm betting on him is because, like, so a guy that everybody still loves in Wandell Robinson out of Kentucky, right, had that really great year this year with Kentucky, is 5'8", 170. So he's only eight inches or eight pounds heavier, and Austin is so much more explosive than him. Yeah. But yet everybody's talking about taking Wandell still in the second round of a rookie draft, which is exactly why I – I mean, I've loved Calvin Austin for the past couple of years. I would completely pivot and be willing to take Calvin Austin around later and, and think that he's got a better chance than a guy like Wandale, um, who I don't think is quite as explosive as, as uh, Austin is. Right on. You know, a couple other guys that I watched that I, I really am interested in, um, like I thought Dotson killed it. He looks so smooth catching the ball. I'm interested to see where he lands because I feel like he's going to have an opportunity to take somebody's job. And then another guy, and I didn't really see much of him doing drills at the Combine yet. I haven't went back and watched it. But Ty Freifogel out of Indiana, I just know he killed the Buckeyes every time we played him. He was virtually unstoppable. And to me, he's like a little bit bigger um, uh, Hunter Renfro. He's that guy that you just are not going to expect anything from. And he's just going to come in and always produce. Yeah, Joe, there's a lot of people who I agree with. A lot of people are very interested in Wondell until yesterday. But there are still some who do. Like the fact that he came in at 5'8", 
Um, there were people who were expecting him to be even smaller than that. I think he was almost five nine. I can't remember exactly what his his measure. All I have on here is five eight. So, um, yeah. And again, there's still people taking him early from the mock drafts that I saw. I'm I'm very interested to see if he falls any more now. When, once the combine ends this weekend and more people start doing mock drafts, if if he falls a little bit more. So is George uh, Pickens going to be able to stay healthy? I think so. He's really only that, had the one big injury, just four, the ACL. Four four seven looked yeah. nice, man. So Wandale, it says he came in 5'8", 178, but he had been listed at 5'11", 185. Yeah, that's college program. Yeah, that's the <laughs> big thing. Like, and, and that was the big rumor leading into the combine because someone found a picture of like him at one point talking Nick to Saban. Nick Saban and they were the same height. And everybody's like, yeah, Nick Saban's like five, six, five, seven. And we were like, Oh, uh, Oh shit. Like if Wandale's that tall and I think five, eight is, is better obviously than five, six. But again, I just, uh, you know, when you look at those, those smaller guys, typically they don't pan yeah. out as well. So, and his, gotta... his 40 was 4.44, which as he said, is, is yeah. behind what Calvin Austin uh, produced. Yeah. At I, uh, editing mock drafts and Wandale Robinson articles, and not being able to confidently go, you know, I he's not five eleven. I I need to change that. And like, no, he's not. I know he's not. I don't have confirmation yet, but he's not five eleven. Yeah, I mean, um, most of these guys aren't. We we know that these schools overlist on on height and weight, but I don't think you're expecting like three inches usually it's like an inch maybe two it's not oh yeah this guy's like almost six foot and there's like no he's actually only five eight just like uh, uh, oh okay like so, shit so i'm i'm having i'm having a crisis though and i need you guys to help me so why why is it that i'm out on christian watson because he drops the ball so much but he's like a doppelganger for marquez valdez Gandling. Doesn't Marquez Valdez Scantling drop the ball a lot too? I know, yeah. yeah. I, mean, oh, I, can't, okay. I can't reconcile it. Because one and I dump the other. Because you saw what happened with Marquez. I think like subconsciously you're telling yourself, like, I've already seen what happens with this player in the NFL. Fade now, fade now. Like you can't bail. You know, it's like me with uh why I'm never gonna well, I won't bail off Sam Howell, even though it reminds me a lot of Baker. And I'm like, because I can't give up on Baker just yet. Uh yeah, I, I don't um Watson's a guy I still have not had a chance to look at. I mean, Jared obviously over there with you at Dynasty Nerds did a did I saw some stuff on him on Twitter and he said that he really likes him going back in and look at the film. You can obviously I think you guys just uploaded some as well at the Nerds film room, so you guys can go yeah. check that out. I have yet to have a chance to really go look at him, but I mean, he came in at four three six. That's good speed. You know, I'm told that drops don't matter, so I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But you know, if he comes in with that speed and he's as good as some guys like Jared say he is, I think he's going to get drafted highly. And there's people like Jared and uh, Ray who are saying I think he's going to be like a top fifty pick in the NFL, and if that's the case, he's going to go early in rookie drafts. I mean, it you're going to have somebody that says, "Look, this dude is six foot four and two hundred and twelve pounds, and he runs a four three nine. Somebody's going to go, I can. I can fix the hands. Uh, I can fix the hands. Just I mean, put, hey. I'm just picturing that guy in the replacement. It's like, coach. I look oh, like yeah, yeah. The, elephants. Yeah, yeah. I forgot um, what they put on his hands. But yeah, that's, I was thinking about that too. 
Dennis, do you want to tell everybody really quick where they can win some money this weekend with DraftKings? Man, we're we're in the middle of the combine. We're all jazzed up trying to get stuff done. We got NBA going on, barreling down the the pipe towards the NHL playoffs. Lots of stuff happening. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets. If they win, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, just wait because it's going to be, you can still take your shot on a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-846-7369. That's 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text hope new york 467369. All right, so a couple of uh, guys that really stood out for me. Um, Dennis, you mentioned a minute ago George Pickens. Uh, does run, ends up running a four, I think it was a 447. Where did it just go? Yep. I just had it up. So 447 coming off that ACL injury. We saw him have that amazing catch in the national championship game. Um, obviously, the, the hands a little bit concerning. They were small. But at the end of the day, I mean, with this guy's talent, you know, there were a lot of people who had him wide receiver one coming into this year with his talent, 6'3", 195, 32-inch wingspan with eight three-fourths hand size. Be Very interesting to see where he goes in the NFL draft. I I talked about, you know, Matt uh, Matt and myself have been doing NFL and rookie mock drafts for Campus to Canton, and and I, I picked George Pickens in one of the recent ones, and I put in there that I felt if he did good at the combine this weekend, he could be a guy. He's been consistently going in the second round for us, could easily jump up in the first round. He's a guy that I think could go late first or early second in the NFL draft, and I think that will boost him up some in the fantasy drafts. Matt, was there kind of a guy that raised their stock for you with the combine so far this weekend? Yeah, I mentioned I liked what Sky Sky Moore had done. Um, I'm kind of with you with Desmond Ritter. It was interesting. Probably saw Kenny Pickett maybe come down a little bit. Desmond Ritter coming up. There was a lot of people that were talking about in the right system. They could actually see him ending up, uh, you know, 
getting a chance to start and doing well, which we've seen the last couple of years with some of these uh, quarterbacks who maybe go later. I'm actually, you know, starting to think that more of the quarterbacks is going to be more like, um, was it 2019 when Murray came out where only a couple guys go in the first round, you get more guys in the second round because people just aren't sure. Um, so I think he definitely rose a little for me. From the quarterbacks, you know, I think I I liked um, the real winner for me right now still is Matt Corral, who can't participate, but he measured in at six foot one and a half, which is a good height. He isn't small. I'm still a big Sam Howell fan. I still like him. I think if you're looking for a project that's not a uh, mobile athletic guy, I still like Carson Strong there. Um but for me, my top quarterback is is uh, my top three are, are Howell, um, uh, Corral, and uh, Willis. I actually did a mock draft with the Detroit Lions taking Willis at two to see because they really need help on defense, but we all know they need a quarterback too. So I took Willis at two to see who at, at edge would be there in the second round, and it was uh, Boye – Boye Mafe from Minnesota was consistently there. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the Detroit GM, but um, I, I liked, you know, Howell looked good throwing the ball. Uh, Strong was inconsistent. I think Ritter was a little bit inconsistent. Um, to me, Howell is the most consistent guy um, at the quarterback position. I think he doesn't have the ceiling that Malik Willis does, but I, I tweeted it out yesterday. This quarterback class to me feels kind of like there's one guy with immense potential, that's Willis, and a bunch of guys that are kind of like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. You know, they're not they're not elite talents. They do good with a good surrounding cast. They're gonna turn in some QB1 seasons for fantasy. But I don't think you're you're banking on any of them to you know be be elite fantasy producers year after year after year. Definitely feels like it's hard to figure out like a consistent ranking for that group too. I don't I don't think there will be. I think um, I'm trying to remember who said it. I heard it on SiriusXM. It may have been Greg Cosell this morning. I was listening to um, John Hansen. Uh, driving into work. I want to say it was Greg Cosell who was saying just with the scouts and NFL GM, GMs he's talked to as well being down there at the combine, like there's not going to be a consensus at all with this quarterback class. I mean, I think everybody will agree Willis has the most upside, but the consistent thing I've been hearing on everything, Twitter, Sirius XM, on any of the broadcasts is all these NFL GMs are saying he's two years away. I mean, what do you do for that in fantasy? If you're in a super flex draft and you take him at one overall, that you, and you're talking about a Jordan Love type situation where you're going to wait two years, like that's that's not great. So the one thing I will mention, because Dennis mentioned Matt Corral, I do think he's been the consistent winner as well throughout this. Um, that he is fully healthy. I believe he said he, he just wasn't going to participate in any stuff. He said his ankle was fine. It was a sprain. The biggest thing for him, weighed in at 212. There were a lot of rumors coming into this that he was only going to weigh in at 190. If you watch him, he is a guy who will run the ball. Very physical runner as well. I just did a rookie profile video for him on the Camps to Kent YouTube channel. I talked about 
there's a couple highlight, not highlights, but plays that I took where he was running and like lowered his shoulder on quarter cornerbacks. And I was like, if he's 190, I don't want him doing that in the NFL. At 212, I feel a little bit better about that. We see I, how well it works for Kyler Murray. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't know that his ceiling is as high as Willis, but I I do think his ceiling is higher than Howe's. Like for me, Howe I've consistently said I think is like the Baker Mayfield type. No, we've never really seen, in my opinion, Baker hit his ceiling. I think Howe has a very safe floor. And I do think has a decent sized ceiling. I'm very curious to see what goes with what happens with all these guys. Uh, before we get out of the show tonight, uh, we do have running backs going here in a minute. We're going to probably discuss, we'll discuss running back combine stuff on Monday. And then we're going to jump into as free agency gets closer, kind of these quarterbacks and what we think they could be doing. Uh, Dennis, I'll throw it to you first before we get out of here. Is there a running back you're looking forward to watching tonight? 40 yard dash, three cone, all that stuff. Um, Probably for a late round, later round thing, I'm, I'm interested in Jerome Ford. I think he's got good size, the ability to be a three down back. Um, to me, I, I, I he just strikes me as somebody who's probably being overlooked. Uh, I, I want to, you know, he's supposed to be fast. I'd like to see him turn in a good time. Um, you know, the top three, obviously, I, I don't know. I feel like at least one of them has said they're they're not going to run today. Um, you know, Kyron Williams. It's I think Kyron Williams has to flirt with four threes to boost his stock back up. Yeah, I think that's it for me. Is um, beyond kind of Spiller, Hall, and Walker, which one or two running backs are really going to establish themselves, and which one or two are going to start to slide down because you know. I, we're in that season where I, I've looked at probably 10 different people's set of rankings and you usually have some combination of those three and or Williams in the top four. And then it's just a hodgepodge afterward. And, and hopefully something like this helps to paint a clear picture. Yeah. I mean, Rashad white weighing in, I think he was over to, I can't remember what he was now. I was trying to find it. Uh, Rashad white though, came in with a good weight. I'm excited to see what he runs. Um, my big one is Abram Smith. I listened to his interview this morning. I, I've been very high on him. I know Garrett Price has talked about him. He, he's a guy that Garrett likes as well. And, and Garrett, former running back himself, uh, he knows running back. So I, I'm glad that Garrett's on on board with him. Abram Smith gave an interview today saying that he's going to run a lot faster than people think because he wasn't really asked to do that at Baylor. He was asked to kind of be that physical style runner, converted linebacker. So I'm excited to see what he runs. Um, then, like, as you just mentioned, Matt, Rashad White, Tyler, Algier, you know, all those guys that are kind of grouped in behind, in my opinion, the top four, which is Brees, Spiller, Kenneth Walker, and Kyron Williams. Even though Kyron came in at 194, I think for most, he's probably still going to stick at least in the top five because his overall skill set is so good. I'm very curious to see what that second group does. Jerome Ford, though, Dennis, I think will be the fastest running back out of everybody today. I would not it, be surprised if he runs the fastest. It looks like Rashad White weighed in at 214. Okay, gotcha. So, so and that's better than I thought. So the other the other guy, um, who was it? Oh, I was excited to see James Cook weigh in at 199 because I think he has that. He, he's a guy that could be that PPR back, I think, in the NFL. And at 200 pounds, I don't think you want him carrying the ball uh, a lot. You know, Jerry and Ely was pretty small. Um, 
that was a you know at five foot eight. It was amazing to see guys who we thought were coming out last year that didn't. Max Borgie and CJ Verdell, they were like five eight and five nine. Uh, it's, it's not surprising. Is my first year in Debbie, Max Borg, he was all the talk about being the next Christian McCaffrey and just like how quickly that narrative went away once people realized he's not quite as good as we thought he was. Uh, before we get out of here, Dennis, you want to tell everybody a way that they can help um, improve their or a tool that they can use to help improve their dynasty teams this offseason. Yeah, you can uh, use the dynasty GM. Uh, that's what how I use to navigate uh, all of my 20 dynasty teams. Uh, do you want to dominate your dynasty league? The Dynasty GM from Dynasty Nerds is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC leagues. Use the league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to put together league-winning deals. The player shares tracker to keep track of how many shares of Jerome Ford I'm uh, drafting this year. And get exclusive rankings and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE, all one word, ROUNDTABLE, for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription bundle the dynasty GM with the nerd herd to save even more. All right. So that'll do it for us today. Everybody enjoy the running backs. I know they just did their verticals and stuff. 40 yard dashes and drills should be coming soon. We'll be back on Monday to talk about how the running backs did at the combine. And we'll talk some quarterbacks in free agency or possible guys moving in trades. Everybody have a good weekend. Yeah. If you remember, Oh, it's